So this is the seniors uh, leveraging your year workshop. And so I'm really glad that you guys are here. It is, it is interesting because like some of you, I've, we've known for like four years. <laughs> and so it is such an interesting part of like the... Four, six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, for a long time. And so, um, you know, it's been so cool to be a part of that process just with, with you guys at different, you know, uh, just amounts. But uh, yeah, it's just really cool to be able to talk to you about just what, how, what you guys can do to leverage like your year, like the rest of your school year, but also just moving forward, right? Because if you're graduating, I'm going to talk about this, but like, you know, if you're graduating in the spring, like you have two more months <laughs> and then, and then you're off, you know? So like, I'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about like the school kind of situation and like how to finish that well. But then a lot of this is going to be geared toward like, you know, what next, man, you know? And so in the, that realm of, of exporting you, exporting equipped graduates is our, is our goal here. And uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 has this to say. It says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. And so our role as like shepherds and teachers of you <laughs> is to equip you. And in the college ministry setting, we have about four years or more or less to do this. And so <clears throat> like in your groups, we're going to just get into this really fast. Not, not everybody has to speak, but over the course of the time, I want, you know, everybody to kind of say kind of what they're thinking here. But uh, we'll give you five minutes to talk about what do you think you still need in order to be equipped to graduate and move forward in life? What do you think you still need in order to be equipped to graduate? So um, just go ahead and take five minutes to uh, discuss that. All right, that's about five minutes. So I'm going to try and wrap you up. <laughs> I know. You could really, uh, you know, get into this one. But I just want to, I just, I just kind of wanted to explore. Like, you know, it's sort of vague almost, like equipping the saints. Like, what do they mean by that? And I could maybe give you my idea of what that means. But I want you to be thinking about, like, man, like, what, what do I feel I'm lacking as far as, like, being equipped for what's next? You know, and so I want that to be kind of in your minds. And so if you didn't get a chance to answer or if you still was kind of half baked then like, I really want you to like really continue to process that. Right. And so, um, so that's equipping. And so I, I got another verse for you to talk about kind of the other aspect of this is Acts 1, 8. Acts 1, 8 says, <clears throat> but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth, right? So this, that's what Acts 1.8. This is what we mean by exporting. You know, a country has exports, it's resources that are sent uh, throughout the world. And in the country of challenge, uh, we, our export is, is you. Our export is graduates. Um, and if you 
choose to abide by Acts 1.8, you will be witnesses to like the ends of the earth. And some, some of you, and this is, some of you will stay here. Some of you um, will go elsewhere in California or end up in a different state or in a different country. And that's kind of what it means. You know, it's like in Acts 1.8, in Jerusalem, it's more like focus, more at home. In all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth, he's he's expanding out as he's talking about that. So there's different kind of levels of of you know uh, exporting, you know, or leaving a, a, a space uh, that you guys will do. But um, the point is not necessarily where you go, and it's not even necessarily what you will do, either going into the workforce or into ministry. The point is that you are equipped to be exported, and that's our goal for you in our prayer for you. And so, um, I guess, did you guys t- discuss much about what, what your actual plans are in your groups does that come up very much? Um, why don't you go ahead and kind of get into that? What are your future plans after college? And, and, and how have you involved God, like in that process? How have you sought his input on the decisions that you have made? If you've made any, <laughs> so, um, go ahead and take maybe like, I don't know, three minutes for this guy. Mm-hmm. Hope you all had time to discuss with your groups. Um, so right now we're going to go into pitfalls. And so pitfall number one that we, that I've seen and David has seen, I've, this is my first year, so I recently graduated. Um, and I graduated with a few people and um, some of my close friends and seeing where their life is. That these are some of the pitfalls that I think are important to be aware of so that you don't, you're aware of it and you can prepare to take steps to prevent that pitfall. Um, So the first one is lack of commitment to church and ministry. So I'm going to give you two scenarios. First scenario, you are a fresh graduate. You have a high-paying job with benefits being offered to you across the country. And, like, that sounds like a really good, awesome offer. Um, you know, there's churches, you, you want to plug in somewhere, but you don't, you didn't do any research, but you'll figure it out when you get there. Um, your second scenario is you're, there's a low-paying job, internship, across the country, similar, um, but you know there is a healthy church, and you know people there, you've sought counsel, and you're ready to take up those serving opportunities and connect. Um, so just for yourself, just to get your gears thinking. Um, which one is appealing to you? And just be honest with yourself. The first one is for me. Um, and what are the priorities that you see in these scenarios? So. How long is this discussion? No, that's just thinking right now. But if two people are willing to share, what priorities do you see in these scenarios? Alex? Yeah. Mm. I think one of the reasons the money sounds like the 
Yeah. And just like Bevan was talking about, like, money did entice him, and it still <laughs> kind of does. Like, we grew up in a culture, like, I know my parents, my dad was very, like, I want you to get a secure job. I want you to, you know, not have to go through financial hardships like he did when he was a kid, and, you know, he experienced that with his family. And so it's a thing that our family may pressure us into getting a high-paying job. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. <laughs> so money is not bad. Just if you're prioritizing that above your spiritual life, then, you know, your priorities are... You know. <laughs> Kelsey said it. <laughs> Whack. Whack. Yeah. Whack. So as you take this, as you're transitioning into a next stage of life, I really want to urge you to consider to make your spiritual life a high priority that you're seeking after. Um, and you want to do this by connecting with the church. So there's Chico Community Church, there's network churches, um, but there's also other churches that are healthy and growing, and you want to seek counsel on where, if you're planning to leave, ask someone, hey, do you know anybody who, who has a church over here that I can be involved with that you know that needs, wants, you know, needs people to serve or is a great place where I can learn more about ministry and more about how to work and be involved in the church. And so ask a lot of questions. Um, so yeah, find a church, plug in as much as you can. Um, I know for me, it really helped me to plug into with Chico Project. We were serving in the kids ministry and now I'm one of the lead teachers and I love it. And I get to connect with the parents there, the children, and like my life was changed in Sunday school. And so seeing that happening in these in the young girls that I'm um, investing in is awesome. And, you know, you can be a part of that, building up the younger generation in the kids' ministry. Or if you are gifted in worship, <laughs> you know, talk to a leader and say, how can I, you know, work my way to be on the worship band? And it may start with serving in the kitchen, serving on the setup team, finding those opportunities to really get you around other um, believers and people that are wiser and mature in their walk. And so Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and in all the more as you see the day, the day drawing near. So we want to make that a priority to continue to meet. And it's easy if you go back home and you don't have a church community, it's easy to not want to go to church, sleep in or build other hobbies. Um, so whatever that temptation for you could be of to not connect, whether it's feeling social anxiety or you're not, you don't feel connected with the people at that church, I urge you to really move past that to really understand that we are meant to be connected in one body, um, also just as Bevan was talking about. So, yeah. Okay. Did I miss something? <laughs> we haven't done this before, so, like, we're kind of working on the... That's okay. That? It's, a, it's a first for everyone. <laughs> That's right, Elijah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're just trying to figure out how to transition. <laughs> but, um, uh, so, we'll be going over different... Um, and structurally, you can have this in the back of your mind. We're going to talk about three pitfalls. That was the first one. And then we're going to talk about three kind of vision things, exhortations. I don't know. 
We couldn't have found it, figure out a good word for it. But uh, so pitfall number two is um, <laughs> it sounds really blunt. Marrying the wrong person. If you marry the wrong person, that will um, that is a pitfall. <laughs> Marrying the wrong person. And so, Proverbs 21, verse 9, Proverbs 21, 9, says, It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. <laughs> this is, you know, that applies both ways. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to, whatever. Uh, so this is, you know, so that's obvious, right? Like, no... Nobody wants to be with a quarrelsome wife or husband. But so you, you don't marry someone who's hard to live with, right? And so another verse that speaks to this is 2 Corinthians 6, 14. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14 says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. And you've probably heard this maybe as, uh, don't be unequally yoked, it says. But don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? And, um, you know, your vision for marriage needs to revolve around seeking a teammate. That's why I think this translation is helpful. Don't team up with people who are unbelievers. Um, you can use whatever other terms you like, like, you know, lover, companion, spouse. You know, we're, you know, we're seeking these things. But if your goal is to maximize your life for what counts, then you need to look for someone who shares the same values and goals as you that you can team up with um, for your just effectiveness. You want to be effective, right, in this um, in ministry and whatever you're doing. First Corinthians 9.24, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. That's First Corinthians 9.24. So this verse, it applies to our walk with God, but, you know, run in such a way to get the prize. You know, make disciples in such a way to get the prize. Be Christ-like in such a way to get the prize. But also, like, it, it's across the board. Marry in such a way as to get the prize. Who you marry will determine a lot in your life. And I, I, um, I heard Randy Lanthrop once say this. Who you marry, this, is, uh, this was at this conference three or four years ago, and I wrote it down in the note. And I remember him saying this. This was long before, you know, we were married. Who, who you marry will draw the boundaries of your ability to do ministry. You know, whatever, whatever, whether you're going into ministry vocationally or just in general, you want to do ministry with your life. You want to be, um, you know, discipling and being an active member of the body. And who you marry will draw the boundaries, picture that, of your ability to do ministry. Picture all of the amazing things you want to do for Christ. The person you marry will draw the boundaries of what goals like these you're able to accomplish. And so if they are short-sighted in this area, then that's going to restrict your ability to, to do these amazing things you want to do for Christ. So I think that's really important to understand. That's, that's pitfall. Number two. And so, number three, any questions right now? Any verses I skipped over too fast? Hey, what? translation was the, the 2 Corinthians 
Ten Corinthians. Um, that is NLT. Yeah. Uh, sweet. Okay, pitfall number three is, I'm just calling it succumbing to common struggles. I'm going to get into what those are, but these common struggles, they're things that are natural. There's natural struggles that come with the territory of being recently graduated. And the pitfall isn't to have them happen. Like, it's fine to have them happen, but, like, the pitfall is responding to them poorly. So succumbing to these common struggles. So the first one is, um, is joblessness. <laughs> joblessness is a, a common struggle that people go through when they first graduate. Proverbs 16, verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Proverbs 16, 3. At the end of the day, a bad job is better than no job. <laughs> and our duty is to do our best wherever it is we are, right? And so an example of this in um, uh, Sean. Go Sean. He reminded me of this uh, a few days ago. Um, so um, he's talking about... Um, Chris Robbins. Who here knows Chris Robbins? Okay, that's a decent amount. So uh, when he, he graduated from Chico State a few years ago, and he looked for a job. And it took a little bit longer than expected you know, for him to get a job in, in his field. So he worked at a gas station for a little while. You know, he graduated from like a university, right? And you're not expecting to do that. So he did this to make ends meet while he looked for and eventually found uh, the job that he now has. And he now works at a bank um, in a role that's somewhat in line with his major. And he has opportunities to move up um, in this company. And an, an important thing to note is that Chris wasn't above working at the gas station for a little while. And so humility and contentedness are important qualities in the process as you look for something that will appeal to you long-term. Humility and contentedness are these important qualities. Uh, Luke 16.10. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. Luke 16.10. So maybe, like, I, I, this is very situational, so I can't tell you that this is the case all the time. But maybe you have your kind of, you know, less than stellar job because... God's waiting to see what, like, what you do with it and how faithful you are with it. One who's faithful in a very little, in a crummy job, is also faithful in much, in a awesome job, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and so be faithful with, your, with what you're given and humbly work with your hands, you know? And so um, another kind of common struggle that I want to talk about is isolation. Isolation. And so... You might be kind of confused by this, so I want to, I'll explain. So think about, like, all that you're doing with Challenge, like, right now. And, uh, you know, you may go to a large group on Tuesdays, a small group on Thursdays, and a fun event over the weekend. All of, all of your friends are college students, and you can hang out with them fairly spontaneously. Uh, you may be involved in other opportunities with Challenge that enable you to serve or to lead, right? And so all of this underscores that there's this general undercurrent of excitement, <laughs> happening at school and through challenge. It's just in your life. You know, this is just like this level of excitement that's there. And it's, I, I, I have to tell you, that level of excitement is liable to, to, de to decrease when you graduate. <laughs> and isolation is this natural thing that comes with the graduated stage of life. Because not all this stuff is going to be put on, all these events and these different, you know, like weekly, like, you know, 
opportunities that happen, right? And so um, it's just really important to understand that this is the thing that, that happens. This is going to happen. And so once again, it's how you respond to the struggle that um, uh, determines how, how it goes for you. And so whether it's a pitfall. And so the tricky thing is, um, you know, while it's natural, you have to decide how you respond. And so Proverbs 18.1, Proverbs 18.1 says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgments. That's Proverbs 18.1. And back to back you, though, I've got Luke 5.16. Luke 5.16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. I think the point here is that when we withdraw for the sake of ourselves or for our own entertainment, it's an unwise thing. And when we isolate ourselves from the body of Christ, you know, we rage against all wise judgment, it says. And on the other hand, though, you know, using lonely places to pray and spend time with God is a realistically like Christ-like thing to do. It's what, it's what he did. <laughs> um, so in moments of isolation, it might be tempting uh, also to give into the enemy thought that I'm the only one. Um, this is like in the list of enemy thoughts. We can talk about that later, but I'm the only one is one of them. And so like you might be tempted that. And those of you who understand the idea of the enemy thoughts, it what it, it's mostly just kind of hogwash that you're kind of just telling yourself just to, uh, I don't know, to feel bad for yourself or whatever. Because you need to look around you. Like, who is around you that you can team up with and, uh, you know, just be intentional to spend time with? And Because uh, you really need to make sure that, uh, that something intentional is happening. It's not going to fall just into your arms as easily as it does just being a part of a, 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 just a college ministry, right? And so I have some more questions that you can discuss in your groups. And so um, which pitfall do you think you're most likely to fall into um, of the three? What are they again? What's the first one? Okay. And then what's the second one? All right. And then the third one is? Yeah. And the common struggles are? Joblessness. In isolation, yes. Are there, well, actually, before we get into that, are there any questions about just any of these pitfalls or this, like, you know, the concepts here? Yeah. So with the isolation is, sorry, maybe yeah. I misunderstood, but it's fine. the idea of that just, like, we're going from being uh, connected with so many things right now in our lives, um, and that's much harder to do after college, and so you could possibly be tempted in the, like, isolating yourself from connecting with others. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's a good question. I kind of I kind of sped through this, so I, I want to be really clear. It's like there's just all of a sudden a, a, a vacuum of, like, opportunities to, like, get around people. And I, I guess, sorry, and I, I failed to, like, kind of explain this more, but just, like, like Luke 5.16, Jesus withdrawing. It's just, like, there might be, like, whole seasons, really, where you, you know, you're working a job, and your hours kind of offset, you know, the hours that your friends work. And so you're kind of, you're just like alone a lot. And actually, actually you could, you could talk to some of the graduated people, you know, that just graduated a year or two ago, for, you know, from Challenge, from Chico State that are at, you know, in our midst, you know, back home. It's like, you can talk to some of them. And some of them, it's like, man, like, 
I don't, even, I don't know what to do as much anymore. You know, this is like, wow. there's not as much, nearly as much like connectivity. Exactly. What you're talking about. And so you can just sort of like be lazy, <laughs> you know, with that time. And, uh, and so you have some options though. You can leverage that to just like, man, I'm just going to like read a bunch of books and get into God's word. <laughs> and I'm just going to like just invest in my time with God because you know, once you get married and have kids and everything, once things start going that direction, it's like, that time there is just like sort of, you know, kind of goes away. Right. And so really, you know, instead of thinking, Oh man, it's just me. I'm by myself. Like this really sucks. Like to really just stop and go, no, like I can use this time to deepen and cultivate my relationship with God. Um, and then, uh, and then the other option you have though is like, okay, how can I like intentionally, and it's going to be harder than it is now to get people together to go, hey, like, let's, you know, just do something fun together. Or maybe it's like, hey, let's, like, study together, study the Bible together, you know, or just, like, whatever, like, thing that's going to just build up your, you know, your group of people. And I'm going to talk more a little bit later about just uh, who you're going to, who you spend your time with um, after college and how to, you know, really cultivate that. But I hope that's helpful, yeah. yeah Any other questions about what we've talked about this far? Okay, I have some discussion questions. Which pitfall do you think you fall into, most likely to fall into, and how do you think you can avoid that? So which pitfall do you think you're most likely to fall into? How do you think you can avoid that? Five minutes, go. Hey, everybody. Hey, sorry. Man, I feel so bad. You know? <laughs> We're all chatting and smiling. Five, you know, I'm not joking. It's five minutes, all right? So I, I'm up front about it, at least, you know? Um, so before we move into the, the vision component of this, um, for anybody who wants to share, like, what uh, kind of, what is the pitfall, how they're planning to get out of it, just, again, just kind of what's their, uh, you know, what was on your mind? Yeah, Kelsey. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. So the pitfall that I chose was the isolation, um, mainly because what I see myself see myself doing is as soon as I graduate and I experience some free time, I'll be like, oh, let's relax, and then relaxing turns into laziness for me, and laziness looks like five hours of Netflix. So like, that would be the one that I would fall into, um, and then answering for the how can I avoid it and am currently avoiding it is getting in the habits of like intentionally connecting with others in those pockets of free time as well as developing habits like going through books that maybe I'm not necessarily like going through with my discipler but want to learn more on that subject about um, and listening to sermons like we have the podcast app on our phones and then like playing with that and hearing those you have to ask yourself and I have to ask myself am I good enough to marry someone in my life fine I can go find a girl like there's a boy well you get the point 
I get the point. You find that person, and you're like, oh, I want to marry this person. But then when you start dating this person, you start to might realize, maybe it's not this person that's wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm. So what do I do to change that? Mm. One way is for me is to realize what my past was like and just admit that it happened, whatever my past was. And then just ask God, God, can you help me and show me how to make my own footsteps and not follow what has happened in the past? Mm. But if I do stumble and get to the past, pick me back up. Mm. Because I don't want to keep falling back down. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, man. Okay. Um, so, um, I think one pitfall that I could fall into would be uh, the joblessness. Um, with my major being a physical education teacher, that's very isolated and it's very hard to get a job. It's very competitive, and you know I need to make sure that if I don't get that job right away, I take a job. You know, because it's better than no job, and also remind myself that you know God will. Mm-hmm. Regardless if it's a job that I want or I don't have a job, I just need to keep in mind that God is providing. Yeah. Very cool. Shall we? Yeah. Well, I just want to share because I, I'm, I graduated with a Pete major. Okay. Oh, sorry, we'll get. To, <laughs> um, but just going off of uh, Chris's thought, like I graduated with a Pete major as well. But going into that major, I heard of a grant of like, if you graduate and you go serve in this place, or you go teach in an inner city school, your all your school debt will be canceled and you're debt free. I'm like, wow, that sounds like an awesome offer. Like, I don't wanna have any debt and I get a job like immediately after graduating. Um, and that was about my junior year. And that's when I started um, my internship with Challenge. And as like things progress, I'm like, I want to be on staff with Challenge but I'm going to have debt. And so there's those choices you're going to have to make of not knowing what the future will be if you have a job or not or how much you're going to get paid or if you have debt. And that's kind of a scary thought, but God will provide. And, you know, I'm, I'm living. I'm not yeah. in a cardboard right. box, right. <laughs> you know. It's our cardboard box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so. Small, medium, or large? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we had one more. Yeah, go ahead, Lucy. Thank you all for sharing. Okay, I feel like I have to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so 
we came up with vision exhortation. That's our our word That's for the key term. That's our key term. So <laughs> vision exhortation number one is finishing commitments well. Finishing commitments well. Also um, known as pitfall number four, finishing commitments poorly. <laughs> Just kidding. You know. Anyways. So we're all, we're not, you are all still in school or, you know, you have jobs um, and you want to finish that well. You don't want to just be passive through the rest of your school semester. And I hope none of you have been doing that. Um, But if you have, it's not too late to change that. Um, And again, God's not looking for like straight A's, 4.0 GPA, but he is looking for your faithfulness and what he has already given you. and so 1 Corinthians 10.31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31. And so again, you're a student, you want to take your assignment seriously. That means sacrificing Netflix or sleeping in um, or even just like a fun hangout with a friend. Uh, really do your, your job is to finish school well and and you want to do that with a good attitude, not just, again, passively going through it. And also with your, if you're at a job, like it, might, it may be working in a cafeteria or in the dorms, cleaning, whatever your job is. You want to do that well with a good attitude because God is looking at your heart. God is looking at how you're being faithful with what you have. And it may not be your dream job, but it's paying the bills. It's getting you through college. And you want to be grateful for that and, you know, have the mentality that you're doing this for the glory of God. So that's with school and the job. Um, you want to finish challenge well. Like, I want you all to finish challenge well. Um, and a key part of that is honing in on your own, on your spiritual disciplines. Um, so Hebrews 12:11. no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Hebrews 12.11. So having your disciplines down, having that relationship with God is really going to get you through this transition, this the struggle that you're going to face. And there's no avoiding struggle in your life. But when you do come to a place of struggle, you have God to lean into. You have your community to lean into. Um, and as, as you're battling enemy thoughts, you have scripture to battle against it. Um, and just prayer, like knowing that God will equip you with his strength, with his courage to take those next steps that you need to take. Yeah. And then the next point is ask questions. Proverbs twelve fifteen, The way of the fool seems right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs twelve fifteen. So you don't want to avoid asking questions because you're afraid of hearing something that you don't want to hear. That's not wise. You want to ask people who are farther along in their walk with God or in a position that you want to have and ask, how did you get here? What steps did you take? Um, Asking someone to help you through making a big life change, Uh, moving out of Chico, moving to a different state going overseas, get some counsel to really help you process that. Um, 
and God will provide. He, God wants to give you wisdom and, um, you know, look, go to the Bible. What, how do you make wise choices? Um, yeah, so some people would be staff. If you're meeting with someone who's discipling you, they have had a track record of seeing your entire life for the time that you've been in college and the choices that you've made, and they know your personality, your struggles, your success, um, the way that you're gifted. So asking them some input would be wise. Um, Gary and Joni, they're here. They're the pastor, and you know they want to give you wise counsel. Um, challenge guest speakers. We have guest speakers so that you can get around them. You want to ask ask them questions in a certain field that they're experts in. So, yeah, and then there is no success. This is a quote from John. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. From John C. Maxwell, there is no success without a successor. Um, and so, as you've been in challenge for a year or a semester or a few years, <laughs> um, what impact do you want to leave behind? So that's a question for you to discuss with your table. What impact do you want to leave behind in challenge? All right, let's wrap it up. <laughs> that's two minutes. <laughs> so you know, as you're, now that you're thinking about this, um, can three people share what they want to leave behind? Angel? Um, so what I said is, like, you know, you behind, uh, you know, that people will have noticed, you know, like, this person is the one who will, like, you know, continue to pursue his relationship with God, building, you know, his character, and also, you know, the legacy that I leave behind with Ben, um, you know, that, that he will demonstrate, you know, like, what I taught him and stuff, and that he will continue to, you know, do the same as well. Evan? So I was thinking that, like, after I leave Challenge, I want to, like, leave men that are equipped to continue. Mm -hmm. um, like, that's the necessity for fulfilling Great Commission. And also, like, I want to leave people inspired just by, like, how I was living set a pace or trying to set an example in a certain area I want people after me to to look to my time here and like want to catch up and want to like want to make the pace or even go farther alright thank you for sharing so thinking about the impact that you can make, um, a lot of the a lot of what we'll leave behind will be in the people that we've invested in. Um, so if you're not investing in anybody, it's not too late to start now. Um, you know, just having a conversation with someone, encouraging them to take their um, next step with God, to plug into community, um, and just praying specifically for people who are in your life right now and seeing God move in their lives. Um, and also you want to keep this mentality in the transition in the next stage of life, like praying for one person who you can invest in, whether it's a coworker, um, 
or if you're still around, like still having a relationship with a student who you want to continue to see changing lives through challenge, um, pray for that one person that God will bring into your life that you can continue to invest in. Um, and then 2 Timothy 2, 2, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. 2 Timothy 2, 2. You want to leave people behind who will continue to teach others after you're like 10 years down the road that they can still like, know that your impact, your impact and challenge affected them. Um, so you want to leave behind these men and women who will continue to carry this vision out. And then, so this is still under the same um, extortion number one. Finishing commitment. Exhortation. Exhortation. <laughs> <laughs> Exhortation. Oops. Number one, finishing well. Because uh, the goal is to have, to glorify God. Like that's the challenge of mission, to glorify God through the, the ways that he's changed our own lives. And we've been here, we can hear people's stories of how God has really, like that song, like God has brought people back to life, given them new life. <sighs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, I want to encourage you to keep that vision. Wow. <laughs> and so Matthew twenty eight nineteen through 20, therefore, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this is not just a commandment that God gave us for challenge. This is really to the end of the age. Your next stage of life, you want to keep this mentality that you are doing this to glorify God, to bring the nations to him. And he is with you, so you're not alone. As much as you're tempted to be isolated, to be afraid, you're not alone. He is with you, and... Um, so yeah, finish well, and you know, in your time now in school, but also finish your life well uh, by keeping this mentality of reaching out and making disciples wherever you are. Pretty good. All right. Um, that was exhortation number one. Um, sitting or standing? What should I? Stand. 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 All right. That's fine. Now I know. All right. <laughs> wanted to check all right so um number two i'm just calling this making the leap you can put the leap in quotation marks if you like making the leap like that uh making the leap a few weeks ago um you guys remember the men from fort worth uh they came to speak at challenge uh and meet with students um i, I remember talking to jim anderson about that transition that you guys are about to experience from college ministry to doing ministry as like a lay worker. And he referred to this transition as the leap. I think that's just an apt kind of way to describe it. I'll kind of talk more about this, but like there's this big shift that's just going to happen when you graduate that we've already alluded to just through the pitfalls and different things. And to successfully make the leap, you'll need to be just extremely intentional, you know, because as I said before, in college and in college ministry, much this is not, um, you know, against you or anything, but much 
is handed to you just through opportunities to meet people and opportunities to hang out with friends and opportunities to witness. This is just the way it is, and that's okay, you know. But um, when you graduate, those opportunities will not be nearly as, as obvious and plentiful as they are right now. And so that's why intentionality is the key to the leap. And then um, Randy Minan, he was uh, here with us, and I heard, a term I heard him say, he, he used a lot as running buddies. You gotta get your running buddies. And he didn't mean it literally. Uh, Proverbs 13.20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Proverbs 13.20. And so, who, um, just think to yourself, you know, who are the right people and who are the wrong people to run with uh, after college? You know, just picture that. Maybe the right people are, you know, growing Christians, members of the body of Christ, people who are farther along with you than you as well, people who you can look up to. And then, um, you know, the wrong people, I think, you know, we can kind of get a good idea of that. Because also, even now, you're trying to balance, okay, who am I spending time with? Who's going to be a good influence on me? You know, and so, so just understanding running buddies, there's two areas where I think it, that term really applies, and that is accountability and ministry. So you, you want your running buddies, and it might be the same group, and it might be a different group, uh, or just maybe some overlap. But the running buddies are critical for accountability and for ministry. And so for accountability, um, if you've been a part of core team or even a part of Chico Project, it's not too late to be a part of Chico Project, um, but just to understand like that, the cluster model or the cl- model of like, like a small group of you know five people or something that you might have experienced being a part of one of those um, opportunities, just like meeting together regularly and just having accountability, right, for disciplines, uh, like time with God, the word, prayer, verse memory, evangelism, fellowship, uh, serving, and so, and then like reading a book together, maybe, and, uh, you know, sharing things you're struggling with, and then also just praying together. And so just using that model, you know, that, that you might have experienced, like I said, through one of those opportunities, as just a good way to like, uh, to get together with other graduated people that you can continue to have that sort of like, that like connection with uh, people like that. And it, it could be whatever size, I don't, you know, that doesn't really matter necessarily. Um, and, and the big thing here is nobody's going to organize that for you. You know, you have to go out and ask those people and maybe wake up at like an increasingly early hour to make that time for those people. You know, that's, that's part of that. Right. And so, um, so there's accountability and there's ministry and, like I said, this does not simply apply to vocational ministers, but you, I, part of equipping you, uh, this is a hint, part of equipping you to me in our minds is like making sure that wherever you go and whatever you do, that you're having a ministry to people and you have an understanding, you know, like through like an impact list and like understanding just like this is a person in my life that needs Jesus. How am I going to like get them closer, you know? And so doing this, in, in this group, in this group of running buddies, can be a really beneficial way uh, to do this. And, and once again, just one of the things that those guys from Fort Worth, you know, Jim and Randy and John, they really emphasize just like getting like a group together of, of believers who want to see 
you know, more people come to Christ through their circles and to like really just be intentional about that. And so just like, that's something that they really emphasized. And I really like that too, because in a way I can't speak from experience on this because just being part of vocational ministry, it's just not quite as much of a reality. It's not the same thing. And so it's, it's awesome to hear people like that or other people who are succeeding in ministry after college as a lay person or whatever. Um, that's a good ex- example to you, right? And so, and the, you need to know that there's freedom to do this outside of the church context because if you sit waiting for the church to provide this for you, you know, this opportunity, oh, we're going to get, you know, like there's the challenge people, there's the young adults, there's the, you know, junior highs, there's all these ministries in the church, right? And then there's maybe like a, you, you want like a graduated people ministry. It's like, that might, they're, you know, more or less will that be the case, you know? And so you may need to just go out and pursue this, you know, on your own, not like a weird, like church rogue guy, but just like you have freedom, you know, to do this. And I encourage you in that. And so, and then just developing amongst yourselves in this group, uh, a culture of evangelism to really like, like talk about, okay, what are you doing next to like, see this person maybe get closer to following Christ, right? Um, and this is a team sport. This is a team sport. And you can, you know, there's people that you're going to be closer to in your work that you can maybe reach out to. But getting them around your other believing friends, it might be that somebody else leads somebody that you're trying to lead to Christ. You know, they lead them to Christ. And it's like, you. this is a team thing, you know, that we really need to, like, buddy together, partner together um, to do this stuff. And so if you can learn... And, and here's another tip, is that if you can learn to pursue intentional evangelism before graduation, then it'll be easier, like, afterward, you know? If you're not really, like, trying to do this right now, then it's going to be, it's not impossible, but it's going to be harder to, like, jump into that, especially when these opportunities kind of dry up a little bit more. And so I really want you guys just to be just aware of these things, right? And so um, Colossians 4, 5 through 6 says... Um, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. That's Colossians 4, 5 through 6. Um, and so just understand, like, wrap your mind around, like, the, the value and the need to, like, intentionally pursue ministering to people when, by the, you know, when you leave childhood. Because it's going to be so easy to, a year from now or whatever, a year from your graduation to just be, you know, a guy who goes to church and works a job, you know, or I don't know. It's like, it's so easy to fall into more uh, passive ways of, of, of doing this. And so I just really want to encourage you just like, you know, be wise in the way you act toward our outsiders, make the most of every opportunity. You know, this is like what the Bible tells us, you know? So um, there's that vision exhortation. Number three, and uh, I'll make this one quick, but um, so when you, I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Uh, when you graduate, you will hopefully get a job that pays you more than what you make now. Uh, but it's also wise to not let your standard of living just continually increase with your income. You know, you can get a little more comfortable than you are now, but pursuing more slash bigger possessions is not going to help you in the long run. So maybe you should choose now. Uh, what to do with what you will eventually make. And so I just like to encourage you <laughs> to consider generous giving as a way to spend your income. In fact, 
giving a challenge in the future may be a good option. And so I'm just going to tell you some scripture about this. I'm not going to like harp on you <laughs> very long about supporting challenge, but it's just a, a valuable thing. And so second, and just, or any ministry or person who uh, is living overseas, right? So any of this stuff, second Corinthians nine, six through seven uh, says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That's in 2 Corinthians 9, 6-7. <laughs> What's the verse? 2 Corinthians 9, 6-7. So it's just like, sowing sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. And this, the verse after it tells us that this has to do with, with our finances, with our giving. You know? So it's like, if you give bountifully, then you'll reap bountifully. So Galatians 6, 6 says, those who, taught, who, those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. It's Galatians 6, 6. And then Philippians 4, 17. Philippians 4, 17. It says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. And this is on behalf of myself and anybody who, you know, may be supported by you in the future and your, you know, uh, your income is like, not that I seek the gift, not that we're trying to, you know, get all the money or anything, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit, you know, and like, as you give to ministries and maybe ministries that have already invested in you, um, but just any, any ministry, just understanding that, that like investing in that financially has value to you, you know, it increases to your credit. Uh, you know, and not in a particularly temporary way, but in an internal way. So that's just really important to understand. So um, let's see, which uh, just to go, you know, we talked about the three pitfalls and like maybe I want you guys to all think about, even if you didn't talk about it, what's the one that you're most likely to fall into? And then with the vision, which piece of vision, which exhortation uh, stands out as something you want to apply? First of all, uh, what are they? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I just kind of let you guys decide. Basically, supporting uh, uh, ministry. Supporting ministry financially. There you go. I like that. What's that? Can you give it a title? I, I kind of do, but... <laughs> I, I wanted to, like, intro it first. Uh, thanks for mentioning that. That's the... <laughs> so, okay, move, moving backward. Okay, what's the third one? Is supporting ministry financially. Uh, ministry financially, and then um, making the leap. And then what's the first one there? That's right. And so, um, so which piece of vision stands out as something you want to apply? Um, Going to give you five more minutes. All right. Um, I'm gonna. Sorry, guys. I'm just gonna cut you off. So we're we're running out of time. But, but I want to just finish this by, in your groups, once again, uh, praying just kind of for each other or just, just in your groups um, for your coming transition out of college. It's, you know, this is like maybe you're, you know, maybe there's a lot of fear that surrounds this thing. And maybe it's just like excitement and just like you're not really sure what to or you're just confused maybe um you're looking for direction so i just really hope that um uh yeah you guys go ahead and pray and um i'll uh yeah go ahead and do uh maybe 
three, I'll give you three minutes, at which point I'll kind of pray over us to, you know, to kind of finish this up and then, uh, and then we'll be done. Don't, don't look at the dreams. Okay. Um, good to go. Father, thank you uh, just for everything that you've done in our lives, everything you've done through our time in college, and just for working things out as you've promised um, in these different seasons of life. And so just we want to be, in a biblical and godly sense, prepared for what lies ahead. And so I pray that um, you would just continue to work on us in our hearts just to... um, Draw us closer to you so that we can make the leap and uh, continue in the rest of our lives to run with endurance. And I pray these things in your name. Amen.